Welcome to Trevecca Community Church's Sermon Podcast. We hope this resource draws you closer to God and helps you grow in your faith. President, you're a vital part of all this happening in missions. You say, what is happening? Well, the best way to do uh, understand that is to look at the facts. So, uh, I want to give us a comparison, and that would help you to understand it even better. Twenty years ago, now some of us, that's like yesterday. To some of you, it was like an eternity ago. But anyway, 20 years is 20 years. The Church of the Nazarene had a membership worldwide of 1.4 million. Today, the Church of the Nazarene has 2.6 million members. Thanks be to God. Yes. 20 years ago, there were 15,000, approximately 15,000 Nazarene congregations worldwide. Today, the latest statistic, 31,000 Nazarene congregations throughout the world. Amen. 20 years ago, the Church of the Nazarene had ministry presence in 139 countries. Today, 164 countries and we continue yes we continue in this mission that God has given the church that's why we ask you to pray to go to give with no apologies sometimes across the years people have said to me you seem to like to raise money I said I do when it's God's money and God wants it for his mission. So what a privilege it is to ask you to give. All of us to give sacrificially that the kingdom of God will advance throughout the world. And I want to say thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Michael Lynn and my president. All the council and all of you. It takes all of us working together. This isn't accomplished by two or three people. But it's the whole church, the body of Christ. We're one to, uh, to do the mission that God has called us to do. So let's continue to be faithful in the call that God has given us. Will you do that? And God will continue to bless us. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dr. Nina. For the rest of the time, we are wanting to uh, show you where God is at work and the people that he's using. 
So first, we have uh, Jay and Tiana Sunberg serve as a field strategy coordinator team for Central Europe. They serve currently in Poland, which is the flag here on the right. Together with 20 plus missionaries and volunteers, they are our hands and feet in Central Europe. In each country, brave national pastors and lay people throw open the doors of the kingdom daily. Let's listen uh, to a recent interview I had with them sharing about their ministry. Hello, we're happy to be with you and thank you for uh, inviting us to tell about what's happening in our part of the world and, and the ministry that we're a part of. Jay and Tiana Sunberg, we've hey. been missionaries for the Church of the Nazarene for 27 years and we've just currently, re yeah, it's a long time. a long time. We just relocated to Poland uh, <clears throat> in, the last, in this last year, but we have uh, kind of a dual responsibility. We are field strategy coordinators for the um, Central Europe field, which uh, the Church of the Nazarene has presence in 11 countries in that place. Our newest location that we just entered about 15, 16 months ago is Serbia. So we're excited about that. We're excited about what God is doing in Serbia. It's a cool place, it's an awesome country. It's a great place. So. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things going on on the field. You'll find a lot of different ministries going on and church planting and theological education. Um, we've been involved, probably you might have heard that we've been involved quite a bit in refugee ministry. Um, so um, a lot of good things have happened with that. Let me, I'll tell you a little bit about what's happened with that. You know, when you, when you deal with refugee ministry, some could question, you know, what is going to happen with uh, church planting and church development in, in church plant in, in 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 refugee ministry, right? Because refugees sometimes are mobile, and um, but we felt that was what God called us to do and what was the right thing to do, and uh, we put in a lot of time and, and resource into ministering to refugees over the last five or six years, yep. um, and we're excited that we now have four refugee congregations that are that are pastored by refugees that are in our pastoral uh, ministerial preparation program. And what's really exciting is um, our refugees uh, in, in Warsaw, Poland, and in Zagreb, Croatia, they are um, helping us be more effective in reaching Polish people and Croatian people as well. So um, it's really exciting. Um, we just organized the uh, Arabic Church of the Nazarene in Warsaw in February, um, and we have wonderful pastor there and, and his, his mother. Uh, his father just died about three weeks ago, um, but they were Nazarenes living in Damascus, Syria, and were re relocated to Poland. There is, uh, I won't tell you their name, but they're, they're good people, um, but they're Nazarenes now that are ministering to, to people in, in, in refugee camps and also finding ways to try to minister to people in Warsaw, the Polish congregation. They're also ministering to re refugees from Ukraine. There are a lot of Ukrainian refugees in Poland fleeing the conflict with, uh, with Russia. And, uh, Belarus. and Belarus, mm -hmm. Belarusians there. So it's really exciting to see this young man lead our ministry to refugees and people are coming coming to the church and are coming to Christ through that ministry. And we wanna thank you for your support in all that you do to make that possible. Faith promise. Faith promise, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. um, but the what, what we're excited about, the effort of uh, that has gone into serving the ref refugees is now resulting in 
churches being planted and people coming to know Christ. So that's that's exciting. You talked about Serbia. You started talking about Serbia as our as our newest country. And just tell a, a quick little story, if I can, before we wrap up. Um, so <clears throat> Serbia has been a site where we did a lot of refugee response because at one point they were kind of the apex or the most intense area as people were uh, walking across the countries of Central Europe, um, 1.5 million people in the end. <clears throat> so we, one of the things we did was we helped, we partnered with other organizations to, to serve meals and we would, you would have thousands of people, 1,000, 1,500 people coming through each evening uh, to be served a dinner. And so we would volunteer from time to time. And as actually Nazarenes were, were consistently there, but Jay and I happened to be there one night. And uh, I had line duty, which meant that I was just to stand outside the line and, and say hello to people and just kind of talk with them because it takes a long time to get through dinner when you're that many people. It was a young man that kept talking to me. And in fact, I couldn't talk to anybody else because he just kept engaging me in conversation. And he was 17, 18, maybe a little older. And, so finally his line the line had moved on and i stayed in place and i thought well okay i'm done you know i'm done with him mm -hmm. and somebody i'm gonna have some other conversations and then all of a sudden i felt this this presence at my elbow and i look back and he's back with his food now but he's here at my elbow and he wants to continue to talk and so we just talked and talked and he shared with me about his family he said you know i'm the oldest son in my family and we couldn't all go he was from afghanistan so my family sent me I'm the one and they sent me and I'm alone. And <clears throat> so we had all of this beautiful conversations. And at the end I had to go, I mean, everybody else was gone. We were cleaning up the, the, the food program, people were leaving. And I said to him, I, I really have to go. And he looked at me and he said, thank you. Thank you for talking with me. You remind me of my mom and I miss my mom. And so, you know, I have carried that young man in my heart as the mothers do, prayed for him and asking you, as you think about faith promise, as you think about missions, I'm asking you to pray with me for this young man from Afghanistan and um, many young men like him. Now let's go to Thailand. In, in the middle um, here is the flag of Thailand. One of the missionary couples in this country is Ingrid and Terence uh, Lustania. A, a couple of weeks ago, the youth were able to interview them via Zoom about living in Thailand and to hear how God called them to serve and how they were used, using their unique gifts to share God's love in Thailand. Ingrid is actually a 2014 graduate of Treveca and is using her artistic gifts to produce educational materials for the mobile education program. Terrence is also using his talents in a, new, in a unique way. Let's listen to his story. I saw my bags in the middle of an empty parking lot. I was supposed to be on my way to the Philippine National Badminton Tryouts. I was one of the top badminton players in the country, but I was also one of the coordinators for the Nazarene Youth Congress Philippines, or NYC. The buses were supposed to take me back to the city after escorting the delegates, but here I was 
stranded three hours away from the tryouts with no data, no Wi-Fi, and no transportation. Instead of spending a week working towards my dream to be a professional badminton player, I spent a week at NYC discovering the dream God had for me, a life in full-time ministry. In the Philippines, full-time ministry looked like pastoring. So I studied to become a pastor. It wasn't until I worked at the Asia Pacific Regional Communications Center, or as we know as WMC, that I saw that ministry could be done through several creative means. But it was also by working in this office that I met and married my wife, a missionary, Ingrid. Today, we are missionaries to Southeast Asia. We work as faculty members of the local Bible college. We assist many field coordinators in terms of media, and we serve as field youth coordinator. But after 5 p.m., I close my laptop, I put down my phone, and pick up my racket. Because the most popular sport in Thailand just so happens to be, and you guessed it right, badminton. From the outside, it looks like Terrence is just playing badminton. But on the court, he's building relationships. This kind of ministry is different than a feeding ministry or a children's ministry. These people are rich, educated, and accomplished in each of their fields. They are doctors and lawyers and engineers, and we are just teachers who are too poor to drive to the court. Who are we to tell them that they need a savior? Despite this, Terrence has become the most wanted player on every court he plays. Not because the people notice his skills, but because of his attitude. When there is trash talk, he smiles. He compliments his opponents. He encourages his teammates. He waves off his partner's mistakes. He tries to use as much tie as he can, even if he looks silly while doing it. On the court, Terrence is respected not because of his job or his education, but because of the kind of person he is. He is a strong player, yes, but even more so, he is kind. This has encouraged players to accept Terrence's invitations outside the court. Many teammates have come over our house already for dinners, fellowships, games, even going to the movies. They gave us their old furniture and a place to live. When we invited our local church to join us in this ministry, they welcomed our church family with open arms. Most recently, we invited a team member to a baby shower that our church hosted. We were nervous how our teammate would react, you know, being surrounded by missionaries and pastors. We played games, we ate, we prayed. By the end of the party, our teammate asked when the next time you would have a fellowship like that. She said, it felt like I was with family. I saw my bags in the middle of an empty parking lot. When the buses left, I saw my dream drive away. I thought it was my destiny to bring glory to my country through badminton. I thought that by giving into a life of ministry, I was giving up a life of my ultimate passion. But God uses our passion for His purpose. God takes away our dream to transform it for His glory.
conversation that we had um, with him on Wednesday night, and just um, as he said, how God is using their unique gifts uh, for his glory. Next, I want to take you to Guatemala, which is the flag here on my left. In 2014, a mission was started after a student from the church planter program was sent to take care of three families. During this time, new families accepted Christ and a church was organized in 2017. They needed a place to worship, so they started working hard to buy land. Over time, they laid the foundation and started a building. Now the walls have been constructed and they are now praying for help to put on a roof, floor, and electricity. There we go. Due to travel restrictions, work and witness teams have not been able to complete the project this past year, and the church construction has been stopped. But the people, they still need a place to worship. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> I know what's coming here, so... <coughs> I got emotional last night just writing it, so. <coughs> but the people still need a place to worship and a place they can use to minister to their community. Here's where our story meets their, their story. Each year, you, you give to missions through faith promise. Some of those funds are budgeted to be used for work and witness. Since we have not been able uh, on a trip this year, we have excess funds that we, that we have in our work and witness account. These funds are used mainly for um, uh, materials uh, and for us to uh, be able to, to fly to the location. So I recently spoke to the work and witness coordinator in Guatemala. Roger Kellogg. I told him our church wanted to find a way to partner with our brothers and sisters in Guatemala. This is when he told me the story of the church. Because of your faithful giving, we were able to send 10000 in funding to this church for the project to be completed. In fact, they are starting this project tomorrow and will be providing updates and pictures during the project. Now, our brothers and sisters in Guatemala have a place to worship. <clears throat> our ministry partners are not just global. They're right here in Nashville. A portion of your faith promise funds are given to Crossbridge. And this year, we have added the Nashville Collective. Crossbridge is a local nonprofit that has an important role in our church. Many of you volunteer and give already. Crossbridge is dedicated to ending destructive cycles of addiction, incarceration, and generational poverty. Amen. Amen. Crossbridge provides help for today and hope for tomorrow through our Restoration House, Kid Power, and Youth Power programs. Equipped with practical skills and effective solutions, participants of all ages experiences trans transformational healing and discover fresh opportunities through the unparalleled power of positive choice, redeeming the past, renewing the present, and restoring the future. Crossbridge, 
changes lives. And next is the Nashville Collective. Uh, many of you may remember that um, a few months ago, uh, JP shared about his call to this ministry and the vision that God gave him. This is what he said about the Nashville Collective. It is needed to start a movement of missional leaders and apprentice makers who saturate Nashville with whole, the holistic gospel, working towards nothing missing nor nothing, nothing broken. The United States pre-COVID was buckling under the weight of isolation and loneliness uh, and, and loneliness epidemic. Unfortunately, these pains have only worsened in 2020. The city of Nashville is not immune to this epidemic while also enduring gaps in its societal fabric. Generational strained race relations, widening economic gaps, shortage of affordable housing, convoluted and complicated public school system, and inequitable gentrification. Missional leaders and apprentices of Jesus Christ are needed to enter into these societal gaps and place brokenness in order for the gospel to be enacted and wholeness experienced. The Nashville Collective seeks to resource, empower, and commission everyday people as missional leaders and together work towards nothing missing and nothing broken. I have one more place that I wanted to take you. It's on my phone at my seat. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a place that I can't tell you. It's really that. It's, um, I can't tell you where it is. There are places that in the world that are unwelcoming, even hostile to the gospel. Our church supports a family who is living in such a place. Would you pray for them and the people that they are serving? And if you'd like to know more information about this family and where they're serving, on your um, Faith Promise card, there's a spot for links. And links is a way that we um, support our missionary families uh, by uh, praying for them and, and reaching out to them during the year. But remember those who are serving and the people in the countries in, um, in these places. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you to our NMI Council. Thank you to Dr. Gunter for sharing this morning. The very first Pentecost day, the spirit came like a rushing wind, blowing into the upper room where the disciples were gathered. That very first Pentecost Sunday, the spirit was rushing like a wind. Can you hear that? If you get quiet enough, can you hear it? Because the same spirit of the living God is rushing still this morning, blowing through our pews today and through our corridors, Sunday school classrooms, through the streets of Nashville and around the world. And we are invited to be filled with the Spirit, to be a church that is so filled with the Spirit, filled with the love of God that we are so for our neighbor here in Nashville, through the Nashville Collective and Crossbridge and our neighbors around the world. When Dr. Gunner first addressed us this morning, she 
pretty much told you, and when she talks, you're being told, you know that, that you have been called, that God has called you. You have been called to pray, to give, to go, and to send. Go ahead and pick up the card that is, should be somewhere on your seat, somewhere close by. If you'd pick that up and just let me see that you've got it this morning. You've got it. There, wonderful. We had some great helpers putting out the cards this morning. I'd love for you to prayerfully consider how has God called you to pray? To pray like the Sunbergs invited us to pray for that young man from Afghanistan. To pray for that church in Guatemala that Michael described this morning. How is God calling you to pray for the missionary family that we can't even name and can't even tell you where they are or where they serve? How, how is God calling you to pray? How is God calling you to give? What would sacrificial giving look like for you? To say, I want to go above and beyond regular tithes and offerings so that I can be a part of, of this, part of this story to help put more roofs on churches and send missionaries from 64 countries around the world. How is God calling you to go? The next time the Nashville Collective organizes a group for missional discernment to figure out how God is calling and sending us into the community of Nashville, will you say, here am I, Lord, send me. The next time there's opportunities to volunteer in Trebekah Towers with our Crossbridge partners, the next time there's those opportunities, will you say, I'm ready, Lord, send me into the city. Or maybe God's calling you to be sent somewhere around the world. Through our faith promise giving, we also are a part of sending. This is how the church sends those missionaries that you got to hear from this morning. How is God calling you to be a part of that sending? In just a moment, Pastor Tim is going to come and lead us in a time of prayer. We're inviting you to go ahead and if you've got a pen, fill out this card this morning. You can fill out the card and, and when you are done and you've added all the zeros that the Spirit has left on your heart, you can leave it there in your seat and we'll come through and collect it afterwards. But if you feel like the Lord is leading you in an extra way this morning, maybe God's calling you somewhere. I think about our young people here that got to hear some of the story of, of Ingrid and Terrence, and maybe you feel like, I don't know what, but God is calling me to something. Maybe God's calling you to pray in an extra way, to be a part of missions right here in the city of Nashville in an, in an extra way, or somewhere around the world, but you sense that God is calling you somehow today. There is a going and sending, speaking of the Spirit in your heart and life. If you would like in this time of prayer, as Pastor Tim comes and prays for us, to just come and find a place of prayer here at the altar. If you're joining us online, to make a holy spot for the Lord there kneeling at your chair or couch. Or maybe you even want to bring your pledge card down and, and leave it at the altar as a sign of surrender. To say, Lord, this is yours. This is a step of faith for you. So those are the ways that you are invited to respond this morning. You can fill out that card and leave it on your seat and we will collect that at the end. Or you can come and you can bring it down to the altar today as Pastor Tim leads us in a word of prayer. Maybe you're consecrating a lot more than a card. Maybe it's you today who feels like God is calling and sending you in some way. And you just need to come and find a place of prayer.
So come on right now. This is your moment to come and to pray, to fill out those cards and to ask God to bless it. Pastor Tim, would you lead us in prayer? Thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like to join us for worship next week, we have a couple options available for you. You're welcome to join us online at 845, beginning with our virtual lobby, followed by service at 9 a.m. on Facebook Live. Or you can join us on campus at 335 Murfreesboro Pike for worship at 9 a.m., followed by discipleship classes at 1030.